0: Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? You know that here on the Christian Health Club podcast, we talk a lot about the full spirit, mind, body approach to health and how it is so important to nurture each of those aspects. But what happens when you find yourself faced with a mental health diagnosis like a bipolar or depression What happens when the meds that you're prescribed cause you to gain weight and just rock your body confidence? And what happens when you're mad at God about the whole thing? Well, today's guest has dealt with it all, and she's here to share how she came to grips with her health on a spirit, mind, body level, and how she's helping people to do the same. I am so pleased to have fellow Texas mama and health professional Erin Carey on the podcast With me today, not only is she an integrative nutrition health coach, survivor, and advocate of mental illness, helping people everywhere through her website and podcast called Sparking Wholeness, she is also a preacher's kid, a preacher's wife, a former educator turned homeschool mama to her three kids, Isabel, Roman, and Rhett. Welcome Erin to the Christian Health Club podcast.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. This is super fun.
0: I know. I'm so glad to have you on today, Erin. Uh, and I were just talking before we hit record that um, you know we're we're right in the middle of the quarantine situation still when we record <laughs> this, and so it presents its own challenges with having kids around and and such. Um, and I was saying, well, you know, Erin, you're used to this because you homeschool
1: but I'm not used to it like this right it's It's not not the
0: same when you can't (laughs) leave and go anywhere so um so we're all kind of challenged but um Erin has such a fascinating story that she shares so openly and honestly um she has a great podcast as I mentioned in in her first episode she really dives in to her whole background and story, but I'm going to ask you, Erin, to share it now as much as you can, you know, yeah. it's not going to have every single detail like you have in that first, um, that podcast that you have that I encourage everyone to go listen to, but just kind of take us through as much as you like, um, and sure. put the pieces together for us
1: yeah i will yeah so you know as as chelsea mentioned i was raised i'm a preacher's daughter i was raised in the church and i grew up believing in jesus and loving jesus and i mean i think i I um, prayed the sinner's prayer at three I was baptized at seven like I got it this is what I wanted to do Um, and then tragedy struck when I was nine Uh, my grandpa who was super allergic to seafood um, had went into anaphylactic shock after eating at a restaurant and he died in our front yard and I was nine years old fourth grade with my brother and sister who were in second grade at the time they're twins and we watched that and that totally shook my world Um, I think it shook up my faith a lot too and it led me into some pretty dark days i didn't realize i had ptsd at the time we didn't know what that was this was in the early 90s there wasn't as much of a wealth of knowledge about mental health um, back then as, as there is now for sure but by eighth grade i was suffering from some pretty severe depression that i think was triggered by some flashbacks on my ptsd but also um you know I, I skipped over my my early health conditions but i was a really sick baby i um was on lots of antibiotics for ear infections um i had asthma i was on all sorts of you know allergy shots and asthma steroids and i mean there's a lot going on that now knowing what i know about gut health um, i know that my gut was not in a healthy place and you know we talk a lot i'm sure chelsea you know you talk a lot about um, epigenetics and how it's our genes load the gun the environment pulls the trigger and so i was already predisposed to mental illness from some family issues but i had all these environmental factors that played a role so here i was in eighth grade suffering from depression i thought it was a spiritual issue i thought i could just keep praying it away i thought there was something wrong with me as a christian and again at that time the church wasn't really and i don't think we're still talking about it enough but the church wasn't talking about it really at all and i i don't think my parents got what was going on my mom had struggled with some postpartum anxiety depression before but it was a really lonely isolating time and i didn't understand it finally you know ninth grade tenth grade they take me to see a a counselor and we you know even tried some alternative remedies at first Uh, my mom took me to some woo-woo place who knows now i'd probably be all about it but at that (laughs) time it was i i didn't know what they were talking about they i think they even mentioned adrenal fatigue and me as a 14 15 year old you know but again that wasn't talked about as that much and nobody really knew what that meant and so the easiest thing to do was to put me on antidepressants and you know it, it did work for a while and it kind of cleared the fog a little bit but what ended up happening is that um, the antidepressants swung me up a little too high um, which I think can be common in some people and by the time I was 18 I was diagnosed with at that time what they called manic depression now we call it bipolar disorder and i would suffer from you know these bouts of hypomania where i would stay up all night long i felt like i could conquer the world i could get through college in a day and i you know and i did well in school and there were some things that i did really well my depression was short-lived and it wasn't it didn't leave me um completely immobilized like for a lot of people um, I always had a high that came after it and so in some ways I think that you know bipolar is an interesting diagnosis because nobody wants to be on meds when you're feeling great you know when you're on top of the world like that and so it was hard for me to understand that this was a problem that I needed a different kind of medication on top of my other medication and then that just ended up making me really mad and I just ended up finding myself very bitter and resentful toward God about just everything and and I didn't understand why he had given me this brain that was out of control because I knew it wasn't a spiritual issue I knew that there was something very physically wrong with me and of course at that time they said oh it's a chemical imbalance in your brain which we know now that that's not the case Um, and that's never been proven but man it was hard those are some dark days and and it led me to Uh, drinking a lot in college I um, ended up finding oh I'm I'm, I'm on all these meds that numb me and make me gain weight which that's a side effect and they broke my skin out and and all these other things that really rocked my world but drinking alcohol can kind of make me feel like I'm manic again it could kind of give me that that feel good feeling of being unstoppable so I'm going to keep doing that and lo and behold my senior year of college I ended up ended up finding myself pregnant with uh, my firstborn Isabel and that I mean talk about you know as a preacher's daughter that was always like my biggest fear that I would do something that all the church would see what a sinner I was you know Mm -hmm. like the the scarlet letter or whatever um, and it happened and I will say you know there's a lot of negativity towards the church being judgmental and I received more grace during that time than I ever have in my entire life it was a wonderful time period of healing um, God was gracious to me and kind of put my um, illness out of remi- into remission I think to an extent because I had to go off all my meds when I found out I was pregnant um, those the medication I was on can cause major defects for for babies and so I had to go off of those and during that time I joined a Bible study with women who were a lot older than me and they were so nurturing and kind and threw me the best baby shower I think I had like three baby showers during that time Um, so it was a really cool restorative time and it kind of restored my faith again I ended up moving during that when my ch- when my daughter was eight weeks old my dad got a job at a new church I went along so I could kind of start this new life started teaching loved it um, found myself stable again and then eventually I started incorporating um, exercise better nutrition like some things I started going into this other health journey that I found to be really beneficial for my illness and for my moods and I do believe that food is mood food is medicine and I learned about gut health I learned about the gut brain connection and I was like oh my gosh this is everything this is my entire health history wrapped up in this concept and that so that's where I've been probably the past five almost six years um, and I've actually and this is I don't you know I say this I don't want to say this like it's a one size fits all situation, but I've actually been off of medication for five years. And that is very, very rare in the world of bipolar, in the world of depression, because a lot of times when people go off their medication, their symptoms get worse. And so I never, ever recommend that for people to do without a psychiatrist um, working with them. And I don't think that that's the solution for everybody because it is it's it's risky it's a risky thing to do but I had a huge support system I had a psychiatrist who also did believe that um, maybe maybe at the root there were some hormonal imbalances going on there were some other things going on and maybe my body and brain were in a position of okay we can do this without medication so um yeah so so that's where I am now and I speak out very openly about my story I've only been talking about it for about two years um it's it's scary to talk about the word bipolar it's stigmatizing even now when we have all of this mental health advocacy bipolar is something that people don't really talk about oh and within that I need to add in sorry I totally skipped a major part of my story when my daughter was four I met my future husband we got married he adopted her at six it's been a really cool story of God's redemption and now he's on staff at a church which i never ever anticipated being a preacher's wife but god is all sorts of funny so <laughs> um sorry i should add that in but yeah that's that's basically i i don't think i left anything out that's as quickly as i could explain things in what is that 10 minutes <laughs> yeah no
0: that yeah you hit some you hit the the major um the major points it's there's so much to unravel there and just um just starting with the fact of being a a preacher's daughter, and I, I can imagine feeling that pressure. Well, first of all, I just think of, of witnessing your grandfather um, pass away right in front of you and how scary yeah. that must have been as a child. And um, you're right. We just, you know, I doubt there was even the term PTSD at that point, or maybe, maybe there was, but it wasn't just as well-known as it is today. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as a preacher's daughter, um, you kind of, you, you kind of mentioned this, but just, you know, how feeling that pressure, um, of, of, you know, being, uh, I think in your, your podcast, you mentioned, you're also the, the first child. So we just kind of probably yes. like, feeling that pressure, you know, when you're, when yes. something is not feeling right, but then you're feeling that pressure to
1: be, sure. sense, you
0: know, Creature's Daughter Miss Sunshine kind of you know
1: yes totally I wore a mask I'm really good at wearing masks and actually you know it's funny my minor in college was theater and that's like so <laughs> perfectly descriptive <laughs> of my entire life is that I was really good at at faking it you know I was really good at making it seem like I was happy when I wasn't and making it seem like I mean on the on the surface You know even when i was in my depths of depression i was still involved in sports and activities and i had friends and i engaged with people and i but when i when it was late at night and i was holed up in my room i was writing suicide letters and i was writing stories in which the main character which was me killed herself and that's scary right like that's such a there were there were two sides and i and i didn't understand that other darker side but yeah for sure as a preacher's daughter as a firstborn as an overachiever um i wanted things to be perfect and i think that that's why it's been so hard for me to share my story in recent years is because i don't want to look like i have something wrong with me (laughs) you know like i don't want to look like i'm i'm a failure in any way which i know now that's absolutely not the case and you know even even in the bible it's his grace is sufficient for us and his power is perfected in our weakness you know and so Mm -hmm. I really have felt called to share my story because it's not my story period at all it's his story um and he gave me this story and hopefully it's it's useful for people who have gone through this or at this point everybody if they're not going through it themselves they know somebody who is you know it's it's not an issue that is going away anytime soon
0: right and just you mentioning how you could act in you know put that mask on during the day and be fine and be in your room at night writing letters like that. I mean, that is, that is frightening. It's scary to hear that as a parent,
1: for sure. You know,
0: um, do you have any, I don't know, advice or thoughts about that as a parent? Um, you know, what do we, what do we look for in our children? If, is there anything that we should be looking for? Um, you know, could they be, they could be depressed right under our nose, but be, Uh, faking it so well I mean at home were your did your parents at that point did your parents know I mean what was that like yeah I
1: think they knew and you know at that point also my brother was kind of going through some of his own um he's real similar to me and he was going through some of his own issues among related to to the PTSD and everything and yeah I know it's it's so hard because I have a 15 year old and I'm constantly you know wanting to check in is everything okay especially right now with all this crazy quarantine and social distance and things that are changing um i want to check in with her and make sure her anxiety is not skyrocketing because she's she internalizes her emotions i i was more vocal i think even though i was faking it during the day i think my parents were aware of what was going on because i would have bursts of of crying for no reason and i you know i think that was a big sign um i'd get really upset but they you know my mom would say she's always seen even the hypomanic side of me even when i was a little kid she would see me um real um like my my words my speech would would get real fast and i'd have these racing thoughts and i'd have high energy and i would and then there would be days that i would just crash and i couldn't wake up and i think even though I had a lot of things going on and I could fake it, there were some times that I just couldn't get out of bed and I I felt horrible, but it wasn't like I was physically sick, but I just couldn't get out of bed. And that, I think that was a tell for them. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just some extreme responses to situations. Um, You know, the the tears and the sadness would come out in different ways. So I, you know, I don't really know how to answer that question because it's so different for everybody, you know? And I, I think as parents just trying to ha- have open conversations about the topic of mental illness um i and and that you know this is something that that we all can potentially struggle with at times i think that just having open conversations and knowing your kids and seeing when they start turning more inward or maybe they start spending more time alone in their rooms or maybe they're listening like I listened to Fiona Apple on repeat I don't know if you remember her (laughs) she was like I mean she was like that was my anthem her album was my anthem for depression um you know so things like that I think and I would maybe there were times I wouldn't go hang out with my friends I'd rather just sit in my room and read which is really strange for me I mean I'd love to read but to pick that over people and you know that that might be more of a sign too i don't know if that if that answers your question it's so no, it does. i'm sorry i
0: didn't mean to throw you off i think you made a great <laughs> point though is that like we you know we know our kids you know we we know our kids um and so it's just as a matter i think of i guess checking in with them and just recognizing when something is off and um and trusting that gut instinct and then and then making conversation about it you know i have a 14 year old and so he really did not want to talk at all, right. <laughs> to me. But Ado, yeah, um, yeah. those teenager behaviors are, you know, mm-hmm. um, a little off in these years. But, but I know him, and I know when something is not resonating with his personality, like right. you, you, you know. And so that yeah. would be, I think that would be a time to dig deeper. Um, so yeah, okay. Um, you mentioned that in kind of in the beginning, you mentioned something about it being. Maybe it was a spiritual issue, you know, like maybe you thought it was a spiritual issue or you tried to address it as a spiritual issue. How, How, what was that like? What do you mean by that?
1: Well, I think that there can be depression that's situational. I think that we can have times where, you know, we have a situation that's traumatic or a tragedy happens or we lose a loved one or we lose our job or something that causes a situational depression and I think that that's different from depression that is there's a there's something physically there's something going on in the body that is unexplainable like my depression didn't make sense because I had things going on in my life that were great now yes I had witnessed that tragedy as a fourth grader but by eighth grade it was like yeah things are going great I was like I said I had lots of activities and fun going on and so for me to be depressed that to me was a warning sign like wait a minute what do i have to to be depressed about so i felt guilty for being depressed i felt like it was like i said a sin issue how have i separated myself from god if i'm feeling this way and so i want to be careful and make that distinction because not all depression is you know clinical depression i think that there's situational depression and that you know maybe addressed the same way. Who who knows? Um, I'm not a counselor, I'm not a psychiatrist. Um, but I think that for me, I when I finally found out that there was actually a physical thing going on and it was called depression. Like there was a name for it. There's a diagnosis for it. I was like, oh, I get it. And somebody I, I remember at the beginning they were like, oh well it's like, you know, it's like type one diabetes, you know? And just hearing it explained in that way was really relieving for me because I think growing up in the church and we read the Psalms and we read that David has bouts of of you know feeling down and feeling discouraged and feeling far from God and so I knew that it wasn't a sin issue but at the same time I questioned you know what's what's wrong with me that I'm feeling and it made me feel guilty it made me feel that there was something I could do to fix it and and at that point there wasn't anything that I could do to fix it so Mm -hmm. yeah I it's it's so hard to distinguish the two but I I couldn't pray it away (laughs) you know as much as I tried yeah I
0: was gonna say that I heard you say that I heard you say you couldn't pray it away and also that you know at that time you're like I I intellectually I knew my blessings you know on an intellectual I know that I'm blessed but you still had that that heavy physical feeling of depression and it's It's not something you could pray your way or a positive think your way out of. And, um, you know, we talk about here a very spirit, mind, body approach. And I'm I'm always saying, you know, really, we have to address it in that order. Yeah, Um, Spirit feeds the mind, mind feeds Mm -hmm. the body. but Mm But, you know, it can become a situation when the body has experienced something. And, you know, for you, like you were saying, you had this kind of perfect storm of, um, all these things happen and in, in, in being ill as a child with, you know, maybe ear infections and all that kind of thing, taking a lot of antibiotics. And so all of this is kind of builds this, um, builds the conditions for this to happen. There, You know, when it comes to this very physical condition, um, we have to address that it can affect the mind. Um, you know, it's, um, and so really it kind of works more of a, maybe in a circle than a straight line. Um, they all just work together in this really integrative way. And so, um, yes, I think that's so important to talk about. You, um, you mentioned the, and I've heard this said before, I don't know if I've ever said it here about how genes load the gun, but environment pulls the trigger. Um, and so for somebody that has maybe not, Heard that phrase before? Can you kind of tease that out a little and explain it? Yeah.
1: So, I, you know, I've, in recent testing I've done and things I've found out, um, I have some genes that predispose me to being low in B vitamins, being low in vitamin D. Both of those things are super essential for brain health. Um, if we can't, especially if, if we have, you know, poor gut health, our, our, we're not going to be able to get the nutrients that we need from our food, right? So B vitamins and D vitamins are, are plentiful in, in a lot of foods and a lot of multivitamins we could take. But if my gut's not working the way it's supposed to work, I'm not going to get those. So I have the factor of, you know, I, I predisposed to not being able to absorb them well. I'm also predisposed or, or I'm, I also have this issue of my gut not functioning the way that maybe it could have had I not, you know, taken all these things. And then I also have a gene mutation called MTHFR. And that is where folic acid, synthetic folic acid, can't be converted to folate. And it really just impairs folate absorption anyway. And that's something that we need for mental health as well. And then I also found out I have some gene things going on with antioxidant production in my body and where my body doesn't detox well and so i'm more prone to oxidative stress which can also um, create a lot of mental health issues and so when you put all those together and then you add in lifestyle which you know as, as a kid i ate i ate pretty well as as much as we did in the 80s and 90s right but you know you add into the fact that in the late 90s all flour products wheat products were enriched with folic acid which my body can't convert so i was a huge carb junkie of course and so late 90s early 2000s i'm living off of taco bell and you know all other fast food and my body's not getting the nutrients it needs i'm also on you know a lot of antidepressants and the antipsychotics they they can deplete your body of b vitamins so if i'm predisposed to not being able to get them anyway and then i'm taking something that depletes my body and i didn't mention in eighth grade i was briefly put on birth control to control my cycle Well, that has a there are some interesting studies about birth control leading to depression diagnosis in teens after taking it for a short time because of the way that it depletes some b vitamins that we need again those same b vitamins Mm -hmm. (laughs) that i am predisposed to not being able to absorb so it's just all of that ties in to where i think you know we can't control everything right like I, I there's there's a lot that we can't control but um, when you throw into all those genetic things and then my lifestyle factors and that I did exercise in high school it was great for me but as soon as I got out of high school got done with sports I stopped exercising and that's really important you know there's all these lifestyle factors that contribute to our genetics and when we have enough negative lifestyle factors that can Really change the gene expression, I guess. Is I, I don't know if I explained that well, but <laughs> yes. No, you did.
0: What test did you do? Because um, people will ask uh, to find out those. guess your snips and your yeah um, so
1: i did and this is controversial because after i did it i found out that oh the government has our information but i did 23 and me and then i ran my raw data through something called genetic genie so who knows what kind of info the government has on me now i guess (laughs) (laughs) i did 23 and me too so i'm in the same yeah and so and that's how i found out um about mthfr and about the the detox genes that that i have and also the vitamin d one as well. So yeah, um, that's, that's how I found out. And it's just been a rabbit hole from there. (laughs) I totally,
0: this could all, it could all be such a rabbit hole, Yeah. but you know, you mentioned it's so, uh, it's so easy to be depleted of B vitamins, just, um, you know, stress, stress Mm -hmm. alone. Um, I tell people just, just your body rips through vitamin, your B vitamins, vitamin C, um, which you obviously, you know, need if you are, Um, you know, overeating the processed food, too much sugar, Mm -hmm. it just, your body is just so depleted of those essential nutrients. And so there's so many things that add up to that. And, you know, many people are um, vitamin D deficient. And so, Mm -hmm. and so really with the, you know, we always, we say, you know, um, as health professionals that, you know, your genes load the gun, but that your genetics don't define you. So we have, we are, we have these genes that are passed down. We're predisposed by these genes, but just because you have a cancer gene or, you know, a mental, um, a mental condition gene or, or whatever it may be, doesn't mean that for sure you're going to have that. It is this, I mean, that's one leg of the stool but there's all these other factors that really determine whether it expresses itself. So that's and that's what you're saying is that it's these kind of lifestyle it's your food and, it's your and movement sleep too oh, i forgot sleep. to mention that yes. and that's one yes. problem with
1: bipolar disorder is that we don't sleep um we don't have regular sleep schedules and some people have even said that bipolar disorder is a circadian rhythm disorder oh, um and for sure. i for me that was so true because when i was manic i was sleeping too little when i was depressed i was sleeping too much my body couldn't there was no homeostasis mm-hmm. <laughs> um and that wrecks all of those predispositions as well but like you said stress for sure i've always been a person who um i I get overwhelmed really easily and i push through it i will push 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 and you know run myself ragged but stress is for sure a big factor yeah
0: yeah and so it's all of those um, it's kind of the cumulative effect. you know, yep. it, it, sometimes we can't exactly pinpoint, you know, like, well, of course I'm stressed. So you know, <laughs> who's not stressed? and um or you know, maybe it's the exercise or maybe you're breathing in toxic chemicals where you live, or you know, m- maybe you're not getting enough sleep. but it's just that it's that cumulative effect of the lifestyle that um, kind of trips that gene into action, so to speak, and expresses itself. And it's just why it's so important to really, um, cover those basics. I just, I call it the Genesis prescription, just really covering those basics that, you know, of the creation story of light and, Mm -hmm. you know, fresh air and water and real food and rest, Mm -hmm. you know, and just that, and that movement that, um, that everyone had before it was convenient. So, um, so yeah, I think that's really interesting. And so as a child having, um, you know, being sick with maybe some ear infections and stuff. I was the same way, you know, Mm. antibiotics. Um, And I think that's so common for so many people, you know, when we're young, we especially I think now as parents, we have some more awareness. If you are interested in health at all, and maybe you're, maybe you think twice before you accept an antibiotic. If you don't feel like it's necessary in that situation, I encourage parents to, you know, sometimes antibiotics are absolutely necessary. Yeah. but sometimes they're not. And the doctors have to give you that prescription. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it's your choice, you know, to fill it or not. You just have to be discerning about that. Um yeah. and that's something to discuss with the doctor. But, you know, when we were growing up, and I'm older than you are, but it was just like taking at face value. Yes, will yeah. t- give me all the antibiotics. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. You know?
0: So here we are at our age and you know, and older and, and so I think a lot of us have had some gut wrecking history, which would create this situation, um, for all of these different conditions to be allowed to, um, grow and ripen in the body. I think everybody could go through a good gut healing protocol. Don't you? For
1: (laughs) sure. Well, you know, we did that with my youngest child a couple years ago. He, um, was on a similar journey to mine the pediatrician that we had been going to continued i mean i think he was prescribed and this is horrible don't judge me i knew better i knew no, better no judging my, no judging. my mom gut was screaming at me but he was prescribed eight antibiotics in eight months for ear infections yeah and I was like wait a minute this isn't right and he's not getting better he just keeps getting worse there's something else going on and knowing what I know about gut health I was like okay let me I actually found a different pediatrician who is well versed in gut health and she put him on a gut health protocol and we did a lot of the things that I was doing for myself I you know I don't know why I, I didn't it's it's so funny and that's why I, I feel horrible but I will say it has, he was on his way to an asthma diagnosis and he is great now he's three and a half and doesn't have the breathing issues he did his first year and we treated it we did a lot of bone broth we did probiotics we did uh, magnesium oh gosh what do we do we've done so many things for him um eliminating gluten and dairy uh we were dairy free for a long time now he can tolerate a little bit but um i can tell it it still affects him to some extent um but but yeah it's weird the ear infections don't happen as much. The um, digestive stuff he was going through, he had a lot of little baby yeast infections. Mm -hmm. Um, Like if his diaper, if his dirty diaper was on him too long, it it would break him out. So I knew that there was a yeast issue going on. He had a little bit of eczema. Like there's so much that has completely cleared up with and and I think for kids it's easier to treat them because they're you know they're brand new <laughs> and yeah. it, it takes longer for us adults and there's a lot Absolutely. more working against us too years and years and years of damage um, but it's been amazing to see in him I'm like I want to because I knew he was he was following my health history it, like to a T and I wanted to avoid all that because I know I know what could come as a result and it's been great it's it's been amazing so yeah so i think we all can benefit from that we all have uh, some gut issues going on to some extent
0: (laughs) absolutely i'm like if you've ever taken an antibiotic yeah you you've got some lingering effects there somewhere deep inside you know um but that's that's so interesting i think it's when it's our own child it's just it's so much harder to you know, like you were saying, like, you felt like you, you knew better, but it was still happening. But I mean, when it's your own child, it's just, you want to, you want to do the right thing. And it's, it's so hard. And, um, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad that I'm glad that that worked out. And, and then it's just so, that's such a possibility for people. I'm glad that you shared that because, um, you know, if you can, if you can catch that and understand that, that it's a systemic it's a systemic issue you know um, that's happening related to the gut then you can do those things like that just like yeah. you mentioned exactly
1: yeah and i had to, i just had to really trust my mom gut and it was hard because it's like well, wait a minute but the doctor's saying this and the doctors are right. the know-all be-all end-all and she knows more than me and she and, I, and then i you know as i'm reading i'm like well actually i don't think i think they said in early 2000 american academy of pediatrics has discouraged use of antibiotics for ear infections that most of them are viral and they clear up on their own and so i'm like well wait a minute if that's the case, does she know this? Like, does she really know? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So there are some things I, I started doubting. And so I'm so glad I found somebody who backed me up and only uses antibiotics if it's absolutely necessary. And, and it hasn't been. Most of the things that we deal with are viral, you know, just your typical mm-hmm. viruses going on. So, yeah, so it's trusting the mom gut is huge for sure.
0: Yes. Um, okay, I want to totally switch gears um, because one thing I thought – a piece of your story that i th- think is interesting is that you know you prescribed a bunch of medications and at one point you said it it caused you to gain a bunch of weight yes and these were kind of in your wet your teen or early college years something like mm-hmm. that
1: yeah my i gained i think 30 pounds within a year when i first was put on zoloft and it was it was i it was awful like i already struggled with body image i've, I've struggled with that since i was about eight years old um, and I already thought that I was, you know, I was a base in cheerleading and I look back and I was tidy, you know, but in my head, I just had this idea that I was huge. Well, then I gained 30 pounds and then I just it was awful it, it was and talk about a stressor right it was a stressor upon other stressors <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah and then when I got put on the antipsychotics that was even worse I was put on lithium for a while that made me break out and it just made me really puffy like I look at pictures of myself in college and it it looks like there's an a couple extra layers on me which is so weird like a puffiness Um, it just, it looks like inflammation is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And that was a major struggle. And I went on, you know, diets and I could lose weight, but then medication also causes some, um, problems with, with hunger signals. And so I, I would either be not hungry or too hungry and i didn't really know when i was full so i don't know much about the effects of like leptin and ghrelin and and medication but there's there was definitely a factor there that it made made it really hard for me to understand when am i supposed to stop eating because i'm not getting the signal of fullness here and that was really hard as well it was yeah real discouraging
0: oh that had to be so tough is that i don't i don't really know is it a normal side effect for something like zoloft to create weight gain What's yes that-
1: i've i've heard that about zoloft i've heard that for some of them um and i don't know enough about long-term effects i've talked to i see a an integrative medicine doctor for myself and you know i've asked her i'm like has this affected my metabolism long term to where um I, i'm just always going to have a like a higher set point weight i guess mm-hmm. than what I would maybe have without the medication, and and she said it's it's very possible. I mean, I was on medication for a total of eighteen years, um, mm. and I think that that you know, and 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 I and I am I'm not anti-med at all. I think that there that was really good for the time that I was on it. It was needed, and but I I I, want, I do wonder what happened, and not just weight wise, but in a lot of other areas, what did it do for me long term? Um, and, and what are the studies on that long term? Because I know initially, these were supposed to be, you know, things that were prescribed on the short term. And then after you get better, you go off of them. But right now we're seeing a trend that lots of people are on a lot of things for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we yet know what the long term implications of that are are going to be. But also, you know, as far as weight goes going back to the weight thing um as you know stress (laughs) inflammation cortisol that causes weight gain weight storage and so between that and the medications it it was a perfect storm again you know right
0: right that that is so interesting to consider um i hadn't thought about it like that you know medications and things that we take um and how it would affect the metabolism long-term and that body weight set point that, which I just talked about in a podcast recently about that, that kind of weight that your body wants to stay and hover at, you know, and that it sometimes can be, um, hard, hard to budge. And sometimes, you know, it could be that there's been such a shift an internal shift, um, with the medications causing over the years that, you know, maybe it is something that keeps that higher than we, you know maybe want or expect um, yeah. you mentioned uh, you know having some body image issues since you're you know remembering back as far as eight years old what how how so what was that like or
1: you know I, I think a lot of it has to deal with back to wanting to have the right image and wanting to talk the right way act the right way look the right way and I remember being eight years old and it's funny because I don't know you know I've I've talked to my mom about this I don't know where this came from Um, I think my maybe my grandma would say negative things towards people who are a lot larger you know little side comments here and there that's kind of her generation as well Um, but I, I don't so maybe that was a factor I'm not sure but one day I remember I was eight years old my body was I was an early developer and so I was starting to shift you know I was kind of starting to go through that chubby stage that girls go through pre-puberty and I saw a belly and I was like wait a minute why is my belly poking out I don't like that that's not supposed to be there that's not good you know and and I obsessed over the belly pooch obsessed forever and to the point where when I did develop I was developing faster than my friends and so I equated that with fat as well. You know, like, oh, well now, you know, I am wearing bras and some of my other friends don't have to wear bras. So I must be fat. And I, you know, it's so sad. I look back and I, I'm so sad for that little girl because I look at pictures and I'm like, oh, you were so cute. Yeah. <laughs> like, what in the world? And I, and I, my daughter oh, yeah. did the same thing. Her body did the same thing. And I remember looking at her and going, oh yeah, I remember that like eight, nine, 10, just kind of this little, chubby stage she went through and then she shot up and things filled out and it's like oh like it's, it's just so funny that but in my head I was consumed and I there's a lot to that you know the toxic thoughts that we have and and how that affects our gut health as well there's such an impact on negative thoughts in our gut health and negative thoughts and and our overall health and well-being and so you even going back to I couldn't pray away my illness but I was pretty negative towards myself in my head and so again i think that there's another factor that i was not minding my thought life i wasn't taking captive my thoughts i was just letting them run freely throughout my head and most of them i was very hard on myself negative towards myself much more than i would be towards other people to the point where now you know, I've had to really learn to retrain my brain and retrain my thought patterns. Um, it's it's hard when you've been stuck in negative thought patterns your whole life towards your body. And there are things I've had to develop. I mean, even right now, one of the things, I'm, I'm going through some interesting hormonal changes right now, you know, little little perimenopause. Um, I but, feel you, sister. Yes, yeah, so fun. <laughs> um, but one of the things I tell, it, feel, it feels like puberty again, honestly. But one of the things I tell myself is, I'm doing the best I can with what I have like that's all I can do you know and, and aside from scripture and, and being you know trying to be as covered in scripture as much as possible sometimes it's just something like I'm doing the best I can with what I have I'm nourishing myself I'm moving my body I'm getting good sleep I'm taking part in community and enjoying relationships and that's the best that I can do and I've really had to learn to give grace to myself because body image is one of those things when I'm stressed when I've got something going on that that is hard whatever it is I'm ultimately going to end up taking it out on my body which is so interesting that that's my go-to bully tactic is to bully myself for how I physically look whether the issue has to do with my body or not most of the time it doesn't but that's where I where my stress comes out
0: oh yeah I think that's true for so many of us yeah and that's not how with and that, that's an interesting way to put it that we take it out that's how we take it out on our body
1: yeah. Why do we do that? I don't know. It's <laughs> awful.
0: It's so hard.
1: It's a trap. It yeah. is,
0: but you're so right. Like retraining the brain on that. Um, when we talk a lot about that here is just, yeah, taking captive those thoughts, um, because they do impact our health so, so much. And, um, and it is, it is so important. How, um, how did you, so kind of coming first full circle now, and you, and you kind of touched on this, is that when you became pregnant with your daughter and um, the church, everyone in your church and um, was so supportive of you and loving, and it kind of helped um became a healing and restorative time, Mm -hmm. coming full circle from that, you know, this whole experience that you've had and, you know, being resentful and bitter and angry with God, like what's up God, why is this (laughs) happening? And then, and then coming to this and, and accepting that, you know, this is your, your story as his story. And, and now that you're sharing it, I mean, just kind of bring us back full circle with that and how, um. And how that relationship was fully restored
1: yeah there, there are quite a few things um, counseling is one of them you know finding a good Christian counselor to process some of these things has been really helpful um, I went through celebrate recovery back in oh gosh probably 2006 2007 I was involved for a few years with celebrate recovery and I don't, if anybody is not aware of that it's kind of like the 12 steps for believers basically and I knew that I I had some Things I needed to deal with some you know I wasn't forgiving myself I wasn't forgiving others I, I was kind of stuck um, wasn't forgiving God you know mm-hmm. um, there's some things that I really had to work through and that was very helpful for me um, that was something that helped restore my mindset in the right direction and it gave me a new perspective of the fact that God doesn't waste a hurt he's never wasted any of my hurts and they've always been used for my good and his glory and no it hasn't been the way I wanted it to happen and no it hasn't been my timing but his ways are higher than my ways his thoughts are higher than my thoughts and I think you know even when you look at the life of Joseph you know pouring into the Bible and reading other people's stories man they had it worse than I did um (laughs) like I I think about Joseph and when he was in prison and he interprets a dream for one of those guys and the guy's like yeah yeah I'm, I'm gonna tell the king about this or i'm gonna tell the pharaoh about this and he goes off and joseph never hears from him the guy forgot the guy forgot about him and joseph could have been like oh my gosh god that was my chance that was my one chance to get out of here and he had to wait years you know and so i think about the times that I wanted thing I wanted my brain to change I wanted so many things in my life to change the time when I was a single mom I wanted a husband I needed a husband I why didn't God just bring me a husband and drop him right in front of me you know there were a lot of things that I wanted on my timing and I've had to learn throughout this is that it's not my timing it's not about me at all and God always has a plan to restore and redeem and sometimes we can't see it here um, sometimes it's gonna take till heaven till we see that and going back to not being able to pray away my depression it's i think with all illnesses and trials we go through sometimes he heals and sometimes he doesn't and i don't get to know why it's not my job to know why and that's something that i've really had to dive into and that's something that that has been helpful for me but again like going okay god you gave me this mess to deal with and all this stuff has happened in my life so how can I use it to show what you've done because uh, my tendency right like again like I said I'm an overachiever and I, I want to be the one that, that tells my story for me <laughs> like I want to be famous I don't want to you know I, like that's mm-hmm. my tendency and so I have to always check my heart and going okay this is again this is not my story this is his story um, it's it's a lot of people's story it's my parents story like I think about my mom and and what she had to go through and how God used this to to do a work in her life and my dad and and how even my daughter you know I I had to tell her about my bipolar disorder a few years ago I thought she was old enough like hey I need to tell you the story about me and and I think it's time because you're going to hear all these terms and I want you to know what what this is before somebody starts making jokes about you know the weather being bipolar which let's be honest we're in Texas that is kind of funny but (laughs) that's that's not what bipolar is Um, and so I wanted to be really clear with my daughter about it and it's impacted her life you know and she can have a greater compassion for other people who are going through hard things and even the other day she was like hey mom my friend is feeling really anxious right now what's something she can do and I was like oh how awesome how awesome awesome that she knows that i can help with her friends you know Mm -hmm. um and so i yeah going back to that it's i i totally went into a thousand different directions but at the end of the day he restores what is broken i don't i don't get to restore myself even with all of the biohacking i've done which has been awesome and how awesome that we have that knowledge um but i don't get to do that he does ultimately he is the restorer and So that, that's how I would answer that question.
0: I love that. Um, well, since you mentioned the biohacking and since you, um, mentioned that you are off meds, which has worked for you, and that is like you said, not the blanket, um, you know, the blanket prescription for everybody, but can you kind of share where, you know, some things that you've done, what you do now and how you honor your body,
1: to take care of it to the best of your abilities yeah yeah, for sure um so currently i i mean i guess i can start with movement i feel so much better when i'm doing some kind of movement i'm not you know real strict about what i do i I do love yoga um i love running those are kind of my two go-tos but recently i've been getting more into like some strength training of course because i know that that's beneficial for certain ages Um, I mean it's beneficial for all ages but I know for me right now that that that's a good thing Um, so movement is huge being outside is huge you know being in the sun that is really beneficial for my mood and my well-being Um, sleep schedule making sure that I take care of my sleep Um, I have blue light blocking glasses because of the way that you know the blue light blocks are our, our melatonin um and i i know circadian rhythm is important for me um, and i and i try to keep a pretty normal bedtime wake time um that's been helpful um choosing time to relax and chill out i'm not really good about that but i know if i don't i'm gonna crash in not a good way Um, so choosing time to not be on a screen or around my phone you know that's really beneficial and then food of course I is huge 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 Um, I try to stick to food that is not processed that is you know uh, what's the whole saying if it's um from the ground or has a mom <laughs> like yeah that's, or you that's, can pluck it yeah that's what it, it is yeah shoot <laughs> it. I, I try to stick to that as much as possible um I sugar I, it's funny how I, I think so many and I know you talk about this too so many anxiety issues are blood sugar issues and so I have to be careful with sugar because it can make my brain real foggy and I and I can sense that Pretty immediately, I'm real sensitive to sugar, and it's funny. My six-year-old is the same way. I see it in him. Um, caffeine, I can't have. Caffe, I have coffee in the morning, but that's about it. Um, alcohol, I have to be really careful. You know, like there's all these things that um, I, I just for the sake of managing my illness, I have to be careful. You know, like mm-hmm. like again, I treat it like it's and it is like a physical illness where I, there are things that that I have to manage because if I don't, if I you know step away and say i think december is always a hard month because we have so many um you know parties and food everywhere and and that can also be a month that's a depression month for me i go into seasonal depression then and so i have to be really careful what i'm choosing um i tell myself that it's addition over restriction that's my biggest thing and so what am i adding in today how many different colors of vegetables am i getting how many different vegetables am i getting how many you know what am i doing to nourish myself today instead of thinking about what i can't have you know i choose to focus again the The thought life is so important, especially in regards to food, so I think about what I can have. And so that's been really beneficial as well. I love
0: that addition, not restriction. Yeah. I'm probably forgetting something, but, oh,
1: supplements. Supplements are important. (laughs) Probiotics. I I do a methylated multivitamin, uh, magnesium. Those are my go-tos. Okay. That's great. And like you said,
0: it's an ongoing process. It's not like you just, you know, do something and then you're done. And that's just true for all of us. This is, that's why you have to find that rhythm of your lifestyle and making this work because, Mm -hmm. um, taking care of ourselves is, um, a daily choice. It's a daily ongoing process. And so, um, yeah, I love to hear how people manage that. So as we wrap up here, I'm going to ask you the, our anchor questions. Yeah. Um, and so what is your anchor meal, your go to healthy meal right now like that you're really into?
1: man for our family it's hard because we have all the ages we've got 15 6 and 3 and the three-year-old I joke that he's intermittent fasting all the time (laughs) because he doesn't eat dinner a lot of times he's just like nope not gonna have it okay um but we like we do a lot of um build your own bowl meals so there's like a protein a grain a whole bunch of veggies and we throw it all in a bowl so like fajitas for example we would have uh, rice fajita meat any veggie you can think of throw it together with some salsa and guac of course because we're in Texas Um, (laughs) and that's a go-to I recently I'm kind of hooked on roasting bell peppers like chopping them up into like kind of squares they taste candied to me Mm -hmm. and I really like those Um, I love doing an egg scramble. I love, I just throw stuff in a pan. I like to throw, like I said, as many vegetables as possible. I don't have any vegetable issues, sensitivities. They all make me feel great. So I throw as many as possible in a pan and I'll crack some eggs over them, scramble it together. And that's a really fast go-to for me when I know, okay, what can I do to nourish myself that's not, you know picking up chick-fil-a or whatever right <laughs> but that's because ultimately that's cheaper it's faster and it's gonna make me fuller longer and make me feel better longer so those are some of the basics oh I love that and I love
0: how you shared how um your son is you know like I think people think that we have it all figured out i like My kids are challenged (laughs) every day, you know, trying to get them to, they don't Uh like, they're not all, it's not all liver and kale chips over here, people. Like they say, you will eat that broccoli, you Uh, know? Uh, Yeah. yeah. So uh, we all, we all struggle. All the mamas struggle with that. Uh Um, Okay. And what is your anchor Bible verse? One that's just really keeping you grounded.
1: Oh, well, right now, you know, we're in some strange times. So the one that I'm hooked on right now is Philippians 4. 11 where it says I am not saying this because I am in need for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need I know what it is to have plenty I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want I can do all this through him who gives me strength you know we often just look at Philippians 4 13 you're like yeah I can do all things but the verses before it Are so impactful, and especially right now, where I feel like a lot of people. I have so many friends that are being laid off from their jobs. I have so many friends who are struggling, and it's it's a strange transitional time in this social distance quarantine world. And that's just a reminder that I know how to be content, no matter the circumstances, because it's in Him. Mm -hmm. That's such a good one, right? Oh
0: gosh, Aaron, thank you so much for, um, for being here with us today, but also just using your story and it is hard to share those vulnerable pieces, but I love that the way that you have, um, shared that perspective that it's, it's not just your story. It's, it's, you know, the Lord's story, it's your parents' story, it's your husband's, your daughters, your children's, um, and it impacts so many people just to, um, to hear this and to know that you know there are things that we can do about this and that it's it's a struggle but um but that we can take our health into our own hands we can lean into the lord we can get support from our communities and um and i just love that and thank you for that um and so could you please tell everyone how they can connect with you follow you um, get more information about
1: you and what you do yes yeah, so i have my website is sparkingwholeness.com my instagram is sparking wholeness and my podcast is sparking wholeness with Erin Carey. and yeah I, i love um i talk a lot about stress management and mental health management that's my passion because that's what i know and that's my story so i would love to connect and um and answer any questions anybody has about any of this again there's no one size fits all it's different for everybody but i love talking about it
0: right that's so true but yeah please you know reach out to Erin, ask her any questions that um, that you may have. And um, again, thanks, Erin, so much for being with us today. Thank you for having
1: me. This was so, so fun. I loved it.
0: I know. I think we had a good conversation and I hope it helps somebody out there, um, whether you might be struggling with um, any kind of, you know, mental situation for you or your family, um, what to look out for, what you can do. And, um, so yeah, just thanks everybody so much for listening. Have a healthy and blessed day. And I will talk to you soon.